Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. To kick the program off today, I want to talk about an issue with policing. Now, this is always controversial uh, when we talk about policing, when we talk about the number of officers on the street and the work that needs to be done. Uh, the head of Hamilton's police union says that staffing here in Hamilton at uh, police services is at, at what he calls a crisis level. Clint Twolin is the president of the Hamilton Police Association. He joins us on the Bill Keller Show to explain. Clint, thank you for the time. Good to have you with us today. Well, thanks for having me, Bill. This is a, a, not just a matter of math. This is a matter of, of, of how effective police can be when they're on the street. Talk to us about the concern that you've got and, and how this has evolved. Well, it, it's not a last-minute type of a thing. This has been uh, kind of brewing for some time now. Um, what we're seeing right now is that we're having difficulty as a service staffing the front line. And it's mostly the front line that I'm referring to, although right across the board, even with civilians, uh, we're very, very short-staffed. And uh, we've, we've kind of put it on the back burner over the years, and this has uh, led to a situation where uh, we're really having difficulty, in some cases, not even able to put enough staff, uh, particularly on the front line, on the streets, on any given shift. Now, what's the, what's the, show me and, and explain to our listeners exactly uh, where the standards are, because this was discussed and this was negotiated, wasn't it? Well, as far as standards go, the the issue um, that we deal with on a day-to-day basis is there's no specific standard that's, uh, you know, across the province. There's no number that is assigned to a particular area as far as how many police officers are required, you know, on a, on a given shift at a given time. So it's really, uh, it's independent to each one of the uh, police services themselves. So we, uh, we in Hamilton have actually negotiated into our collective agreement uh, staffing numbers that we think are the very bare minimums that will provide the adequate and effective policing that's required. Are you meeting those standards? Not in every case, no. In fact, uh, we're finding more and more often uh, more officers are being called in on overtime just to meet those numbers, and we're finding uh, it's becoming uh, a little bit more common that um, those numbers aren't being met, that the officers aren't even... Um, responding to the requests for overtime. You know, Clint, as I was going over some of the data, it's a great piece by uh, Nicole O'Reilly in The Spectator that uh, outlines an awful lot of the concerns that you're raising here. Uh, I, I couldn't help but draw the analogy between uh, some of the conversations I've had with uh, uh, advanced care paramedics and, and their numbers and their shortages. And it's not just a matter of numbers. It's also, even if an officer is on duty, uh, the responsibilities that they have. And I know there's been some changes in provincial legislation that say, for instance, domestic disputes. Uh, you've got to do this, 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 and this. And, and basically, you're, you're off uh, the street for a period of time if you're involved in doing that kind of work and paperwork. Absolutely, and and we've seen this evolution over the years. Uh, the legislation has changed. Uh, the 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 needs uh, as far as our administrative side have increased uh, substantially. I mean, domestic uh, incidents are one example, but you look at the mental health issues uh, where uh, historically, if you look back fifteen twenty years ago, where one in twenty roughly calls were for mental health issues. Now we're sitting at about one in five or one in six. They're very time consuming and. The responsibilities of the officers have increased significantly. So those, you know, I, I, I certainly don't um, take issue with, with the service and upper management. The chief and Deputy Kinsella has certainly addressed it. We do talk on a regular basis about the numbers. And unfortunately, the, the, the problem lies in the fact that there's just not enough officers to go around. We've taken many steps to try to streamline and to tr- try to be more efficient be it uh, the case prep unit or MCERT or any of these uh, initiatives that we've taken in Hamilton to try to make things more streamlined and more efficient. 
there's still just not enough officers to, to do the day-to-day operations. Now, the example that uh, that we heard about, obviously, was uh, to fill in some of these gaps. What uh, Deputy Chief Kinsella has had to do is take some people away from some of the, uh, for lack of a better expression, special forces, I guess, uh, the teams that uh, that police services have done. And you've, you've already touched on a couple of them right now, Clint. Uh, what does that do to the efficacy? I mean, uh, if, if you've got fewer officers available in, in a situation like that, uh, can they respond in a timely manner and in an efficient manner? Well, the units that have been broken down are much more uh, preventative, and they're more involved in the investigative side. So what they do is they, their investigations take more time, they take uh, more resources. So when you pull them out of, uh, out of their units, what you're turning into is, an, is a reactive police service, uh, you know, where we're just sitting in cruisers waiting for the, the calls to come in, and that, there's no shortage of those, I can assure you of that. So What's happening is uh, we're not able to, when these units are being broken down, we're not able to, to conduct those more complex investigations, and we're not able to get at the heart of what causes uh, you know, crime in the city. So that, that's, that's my concern, and I'm sure it's the concern of the chief and the deputies as well. Well, how many times have we talked over the last couple of, I was going to say months, but really years, about uh, the increased gun violence and the drug trade, obviously, which uh, is probably one of the underlying reasons for a lot of the gun violence that's going on. Uh, I'd like to think that we have enough staff and police services to be able to look at this and, as you say, work in a proactive and preventative fashion. Well, and that's our goal. We don't want the crimes to happen. We want to prevent them. We want to take steps to make sure that the community's safe. Uh, but once again, uh, I, we're very sensitive as an association to budgetary concerns. Uh, don't get me wrong, we're not just stomping our feet. We're trying to educate the public as well to let them know the type of service they're going to get based on the staffing numbers that we have. Uh, we're, we, uh, I, I'm fully confident, and I can say that we're one of the leanest, if not the leanest, police service in the country. When you look at not just our numbers, but also the types of uh, crime that we deal with, uh, the frequency, the number of calls, the number of mental health issues that we have in the city. We're doing the very best we can, but where, where we're getting now is we're seeing that uh, we're getting burnout with the officers. Officers are starting to say, just can't come in anymore. And uh, we're also seeing uh, officers saying, you know what, I'm going to have to take some time off work. I've just seen too much, and I've done too much over the last uh, period of time. And so that, too, is having a trickle-down effect. So what's what's the answer? I mean, we're in the middle of a municipal election right now, and I, I just going over some of the literature of the people that are running or re, you know running for re-election, whatever the case may be. About ninety-five percent of them every year, every election, Clint say, "Look, yeah, we have to do more for policing. We should put more officers on the street," and everybody applauds. But when push comes to shove, it, it doesn't seem to happen. To not to the degree I think that probably needs to happen. Is, is it a matter of money? Is it budgetary issues that are going on here? Because I, I get the, the sense that there's an awful lot of people that would like to say, you know, give them more. If they need more staff, give them more staff. Well, I think when it comes to an election uh, standpoint, I think those running for, for council, for the municipal uh, council and for the mayor as well, have to just take a step back and say, okay, what type of service do we want to give the community? Because the, the bottom line is, if you don't have the staffing, uh, we, we, we in Hamilton, as police officers and our civilians, have always made do. What we're seeing now is that there's a decline in the, uh, in the service that we're able to provide, not because the officers aren't doing their very best, it's just we can't do it. I have spoken to candidates uh, running for council who have said, you know, if their door-to-door knocks, what they're hearing from citizens is, you know, I'd like to see a police officer in my community. I'd like to see one driving down the street. 
the problem is we don't have the, the, the staffing and the personnel to be able to do that. We're starting to become, and, and not even starting, we are a reactive police service right now. We're doing our best, but uh, it's going to take more officers to be able to provide that service. You mentioned that there's an ongoing dialogue with yourself and the chief and, and Deputy Chief Kinsella, who is obviously in charge of this particular aspect of police services. Uh, and, and I know that your relationship is, is cordial and that you guys are trying to work cooperatively on here. Uh, where, how do you find solutions for this? I mean, obviously this is a money problem to a certain extent, but at the same time, uh, when you use the term crisis, I mean, you know, it, it, it tells you that, listen, you know, we can't just stand around and twiddle our thumbs here and wait for this thing to get better. You're going to have to be proactive. Yeah, well, one of the one of the keys is obviously dialogue, and that's being able to speak to uh, the chief and the deputy, um, and also providing the support uh, for them, because, um, like uh, the deputy said, we are in constant communication on this. They, uh, they have taken uh, steps to address our concerns. I think the biggest thing that um, needs to happen is it has to be a collaborative approach, and it's, a, it's an educational piece to the community as well, and getting feedback. If, if they're aware of where or what our status is as an organization. I think we'll get more public support. The dollars will come if if the if members of the community understand exactly where we're at. So this is a matter of uh, one of the elements, anyway. Of this has to be public information and public education. Then, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you know it's easy for us to as you know as an organization to stand there and say we're we're doing our very best and and put out crime stats or put out that type of information. I think the other the other part of it is that the public needs to understand the, the complexity of our jobs and exactly what it takes to provide a certain level of service. And I think that gets lost in the conversation uh, quite often. Well, and again, you're right, and that comes down to public education as to understanding what's going on. I mean, you are proud, and, and I think should be proud, for instance, of the mental health initiatives that police services have undertaken over the last little while. But as you mentioned, uh, when officers are involved in that, and, and for instance, somebody has to end up going over to St. Joe's or whatever the case might be, uh, again, it seems very similar to what happens with uh, with paramedics, is that they have to wait there. And I mean, I've seen officers standing around in the hall waiting for, obviously, for intake in those situations. And that's uh, a situation where all of a sudden you've got two officers that aren't available right now because they're tied up with a client, and uh, that happens time and time again. Now, when it comes to paramedics, Clint, you've heard the stories, of course, about the code zeros when there aren't enough units available if something should happen. Are you concerned or have you seen situations where those uh, those ratios of officers available uh, on a particular shift are dangerously low to the point where you're concerned about whether or not you can actually provide the service they're supposed to provide? Well, I think there's more than than one aspect to that because when when you talk about danger, I'm always concerned about officer safety, whether or not there's enough officers to make sure that uh, when they do their calls, that they're um, in a position where they can do it safely and to protect themselves. The second part of that is, and I, I think this is going to answer your question: are, are there times when the community is contacting the police, and we're just not available to get there? That is happening. Uh, there, are t- there are the wait times um, without having the statistics in front of me. I, I'm, I'm talking anecdotally in a sense. Yeah. In that I'm getting feedback from the members who are saying, you know, uh, we worked last night and there were X number of incidents where the dispatcher was on the air asking for units to go to a priority call and they're just not available because there's just not enough officers there to do it. Um, I've, I've said it before to my members, you know, we're, we're, we're one call away, one critical call away from a from a catastrophe and, and, and i'm not trying to be dramatic i'm just saying that you know when you don't have enough people on the street and they're tied up doing calls for service and and so on and so forth doing their paperwork you, you 
we're one call away from having an incident where we're just not able to respond effectively. Well, I mean, we've seen incidences, of, and, and we don't know the numbers, obviously. I mean, you're, you're educating us right now about uh, some of the concerns uh, and some of the challenges that you're facing. But when we hear about some of the, the shootings or incidents of that nature that are going on, and obviously officers and, and units have to respond in situations, but if they're tied up doing something else, uh, you have to wonder about, well, the phrase you used was response time. And, and that's a constant complaint you're going to get from, from the public, isn't it, Clint? That, you know, we called 911, and gee, well, you know how long it took these guys to get here? Uh, now we're starting to get, I think, a, a better picture here as to maybe why it it didn't uh, it didn't happen as quickly as some people would like it to happen. Yeah, and that, that that is the case. And our communicators they work really hard to try to 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 ensure that when you make a call to nine one one that there's a police officer available. Um, but unfortunately, it's like it, it it really is a um, you know a response to demand. And in Hamilton, we're in a different situation. We really are. Some of the, uh, you know, if you look at demographics, if you look at um, uh, different socioeconomic issues, uh, Hamilton's a different beast in comparison to uh, some of the people or some of the, um, the, the municipalities around us. And so, yeah, our, our, our members are trying their very best, but when there's just nobody available, there's just nobody available. And what we're seeing now is, uh, and there's, there's, there's not one simple answer to this. When you look at legislation, you're looking at new training, you're looking at different ways that now are tying up our officers. Um, all of these things are playing a role in why we're so short-staffed. And in response to that, uh, I can tell you historically, it was never a problem to get somebody to come in and do overtime. We are now at the point where officers are just saying, nope, I'm not even, I've, I've, I'm, I'm done. I just don't, I don't have the energy, and mentally and physically I can't do it anymore. I can't come in for these extra shifts. Well, you've got a, a, another challenge too, and that's geography. I mean, this is a you know a wonderful city in which we live, but I mean, it's the expanse of the city is is just remarkable, and you, you're trying to cover this whole thing. I mean, from you know the far reaches of Binbrook to the far reaches of Flamborough out in the other direction, uh, it's it's somewhat problematic. Getting from point A to point B does take time, and if you don't have enough units, uh, you've got a problem. Absolutely, um, you know, and fortunately, when we're when we're talking about Flamborough, Waterdown, Binbrook. You know the, the the volume of calls for service aren't that great in those areas. I mean, it does come and go, but uh, you know, in general, um, the, the the size of the city, uh, the the geographical you know issues that we deal with, um, that that always comes up, and I, I get a lot of feedback from our members uh, on that issue. But I'll I'll tell you that the, the biggest issue that we do have is is the sheer volume of calls and um, the administrative burdens that come with with those calls i mean it, the members are just getting to the point where they're saying you know what i just can't you know i can't go to another fatality i can't go to another dead body call i can't go i've had enough and it's it's reflective of their their need to to take a step back and take time off and be able to um deal with uh, those those experiences on their own is it fair to say that the, that you and, and the chief are, and the deputy chief are on the same page on this issue yeah, I think so. I, I do think so, and I'm anything that I can do to support them um, achieving the goal. And, and again, Bill, I don't I don't look at this as just let's throw money at it. We, as an organization, have done uh, an awful lot to try to mitigate, um, you know, costs and to look at efficiencies. We're now at that peak. We just can't do anymore. And to me, and the feedback that I'm getting from my members is, it's time to start hiring some more people putting them on the road, and giving the service that, uh, that we have always given uh, without, without not, not to the detriment uh, of our members. 
Well, the election is just a couple of weeks away, uh, and I know that usually uh, they start the uh, budget process for the following year uh, shortly after uh, everybody gets sworn in. It's going to be an interesting couple of meetings when that happens, and uh, Clint, I'm sure you'll be there, and so will the chief and deputy chief. That, listen, I appreciate the time today, though. Thanks so much for uh, bringing this issue front uh, to us here and give us an explanation. Well, thanks for having me, Bill. Take care. Clint Twolin, of course, president of the Hamilton Police Association. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.